What's up, guys, and welcome to episode 20 of Game Explain Real Talk. And this time, we have a special guest, being Matthew from Studio Raven Heart, who actually composed our Real Talk intro theme, which you just heard and are hearing right now. So, how's it going, Matthew? Hey, nice, nice to be here. Thanks right. for having me. And then, of course, we have Ash and Tom, but who really cares about them, right? Yeah, no, no one cares about us. Yeah, who cares? Actually, although at this point, you know, Tom is almost more of a special guest than anyone, just because he somehow was on here less frequently than Matthew. It seems that's true. Wait, really? Even though this was my first time, even though it was your first time, that's right. Plus, Tom's from Canada, so that automatically makes him more special. That's true. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. All right, so we are. This is our first podcast since E3, guys, um, which is kind of crazy because it feels like E3 was a long, a long time ago, and also not at the same time. So let's start, with, let's start with you, Matthew. How was your E3, and uh, what have you been up to since? Oh, man, it was actually really good. Um, even though I didn't play as many games as I did back in 2015, um, it was really good for a company, uh, Studio Ravenheart. Uh, it's basically an indie company. Uh, we have a game coming out uh, on the PS4 and Vita next year. Um, but the games that we did play, yeah, they were, they were really fun. Um, you know, definitely started with you know Legend of Zelda. Like we all enjoyed that. <laughs> got some good footage of that. Um, I even got a chance to play uh, you know Cuphead, uh, which is on a system I don't own, but I I just looks so cool with a rubber hose cartoon um, physics and and just the whole hand drawn art style. It's just and, and the music too. The music is actually very uh, 1930s. It's so darn cool. Um, and of course, got to play Shantae. Even though I'm a backer, uh, they they did like special E3 demo only. Um, and with an extra boss at the end, it was just really cool. <laughs> yeah, you know what's funny? I, actually, getting back to Cuphead is you talking about having like a 1930s like art style and uh, mm-hmm. and audio Music style. Too. I feel like if video games had existed back then, it would have that difficulty as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah, <laughs> that game is hard. I, I adore that game. Yeah, it's. I think Tom does too. He's played a ton of that too. Yeah, yeah. That is a day one purchase for me for sure. Uh, it's interesting to think of the music being 1930s like that. It's like for me, it's all about the art and stuff, and I never thought about it. In that well, probably because you could barely hear it on the show floor, even that with too. the headphones. Well, actually, no. I, I would say I actually had the exact problem where the opposite problem with Derek because I had my headphones on and he, they were so loud. He was talking to me standing right next to me, and I couldn't hear a word he was saying. Really? Well, like by far one of the loudest games on the show floor, at least with the headphones on. Oh man! Well, I've just remembered the uh, the pew 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 or whatever it is, like the, oh, the yeah. guy shooting. And I'm sure for you that was just so you didn't have to hear Derek ragging on LA. <laughs> Pro- probably, yeah. Get some foley artists in there. Yeah. I do like how Derek would amend basically every comment with just "Man, LA sucks." Just like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, which is perfect because I guess you know he preferred being in the in the media room anyway, so <laughs> he could just you know theoretically hang back next year and just do all the work he needs to from Pennsylvania, uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> just man. because he hates it here. So I'm just trying to spare him. That's all. Well, that dungeon, I don't know, like being in that dungeon a lot. Uh, there, I mean, he still got to enjoy E three. I think he had his free Derek quote or tweet, and everybody loved him there. So, you know, he, he had yeah. his time in the sun. Oh, he's getting follower, a Twitter followers faster than either of us, Andre. So, it's, I, you know, I don't feel too bad for him. Right? What is this? <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. know. I think he's, I think he's doing something behind the scenes to game the system in his favor or something. I don't know. He man. must. Maybe he's the one that hacked our accounts just before the uh, the this podcast. <laughs> That's true. Oh, the gosh. downtime would have given him, you know, more time to get followers. Yeah, exactly. He, like, it could have been him. Yep, it's an inside job by Derek. <laughs> I think we have to figure. You yeah. know, he's the only one out of town right now, too. That's a good point. Oh. 
That's a very good point. So I guess if, if you uh, don't follow us on Twitter or Facebook, we should probably clarify what happened. It's like literally moments before we were going to record this podcast, uh, our Twitter and Facebook accounts got hacked. So I spent like an hour and a half just dealing with that. Um, luckily got that handled pretty quickly, but that was a scary hour. to <laughs> cheese. It's like, oh, right. Yeah. How, how do you know that click this link was the real Facebook or Twitter? <laughs> Ooh, how know, deep right? does this go? Man. Yeah. How deep does the rabbit hole go? We got somewhat lucky, though, just because I've, you know, th- there was that uh, recent instance of, I think, Katy Perry's Twitter getting hacked, and whoever hacked her Twitter said awful things. Like, it was like all these racist, hateful statements. And thankfully, we had, what we had posts on ours was fairly benign in comparison. Yeah, just some sort of self promotion or something. Yeah it, was, yeah, it wasn't nearly as bad as it could have been, so. Yeah. Um,. Oh, so they weren't ragging on L.A., so it wasn't there. <laughs> so it wasn't there. Well, no, that would have given him away, though. That's true. Yeah. Know, I wouldn't expect him to be so direct. He's a pretty crafty guy. Yeah. How about you, Tom? How have you been this past week or so since E3? Oh, got to relax those couple days playing some old games at your place uh, and going to Phil's Coffee, so that was pretty awesome. <laughs> only but every day. Fo- yeah, only every day. Yep. <laughs> but then followed by... Um, more family stuff back here because my mother-in-law was visiting from Japan until this afternoon. So maybe now it will just finally get back into routine. So, right, so pretty I have been, busy week still. I have been doing nothing but go, go, go <laughs> since E3. Like, like literally, and this happened last year too. E3 fell in the same week as a music festival or an electronic music festival that my wife and I go to every year called the Electric Daisy Carnival, mm-hmm. and that's in Vegas. So that they fell in the same week again this year. So I literally, you know, I dropped you guys off at the airport on Thursday night and then basically went home and got packed, and we left at about 4 in the morning. And then I had to take the first day off because not only was I tired, but my boss for my full-time job was like, hey, here's a 300-page manga for you to edit, and I need it done by Sunday. So sorry about that. And we ended up working it out, and I didn't actually have to have it all done by Sunday. But suffice to say, between that and E3 and EDC, I really have only been kind of sitting down at home for like today and half of yesterday. Like I've only just now kind of reached equilibrium again. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it's been pretty busy. It was kind of like it was uh, Symphony of the Goddesses. Like was one day before E three on on a Monday night. I know. It was like okay, wait, why wasn't it at E three? And like 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 la- the, like few years back, it was at the Greek Theater, and they did it like the evening of the of day two. And instead, this time they're like, okay, no, you got to come down a you know different location entirely and go to the Dolby Theater. I don't know, it was just it was like, oh, it's not actually on the E3 days. <laughs> I, I suggest a better solution for us game journalists, and that's not to have it during E3 week, Nintendo. <laughs> just come to, or have it during E3, we, that's fine, but come to Los Angeles any of the other 51 weeks of the year so we can actually enjoy a Zelda concert. I mean, <laughs> Literally any of the other 51 weeks of the year would be fine. It's true, right? I mean, I think, but I also yeah. think that should apply to everything. Just like literally everything. Game of Thrones? Yeah, how dare you <laughs> air every Sunday during yeah. E3. <laughs> I'm tired of well, everything. Should re- everything should revolve around game journalists, <laughs> so, maybe, and specifically around game explain. <laughs> Bethesda could just say, "Here's their press conference," and it's just them live streaming Game of Thrones during that time. It was like <laughs> that's Woo! true. Instantly, the best press conference of all time. Yeah. Yep. But honestly, I mean, I I really was only ever able to go to the first ever Symphony of the Goddesses concert, and I would love to go again Ooh. because I know they've added new movements and new new songs and everything to the lineup, yep. but. 
I haven't been able to go because literally every other LA show since has been during E3 week, and obviously we're too busy to go. I think yeah. there is a San Jose concert coming up in the next few months that I'm considering going that's, to. So you should come up to San Jose and uh, go with San me. Jose isn't San Jose isn't LA though. Uh, that's why it's better. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sure. now it's okay, Derek. Minor Derek. <laughs> did, did Derek supplant you uh, without? No, any actually, knowing? actually, that, I, that was that was mean. I can't. San Jose is not really better than anything. So. <laughs> no, but, but actually, I didn't know that. Uh, maybe I will join you. That'd be that would be really fun. Yeah, it'd be actually. awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess for me, when I have been dealing with this hacking nonsense, um, I saw the original Fast and Furious in theaters last night. It came back oh, for the 15th nice. anniversary. It was amazing. Ooh. Um, I love that movie. I forgot how much of the movie I, well, had forgotten, actually. <laughs> um, it was good stuff. It was fun. Uh, I remember, like, I remember the key parts of the movie, but everything in between, like, I had almost no memory of. So it's really cool to see, to go back and see, like, where the series began. And it's amazing how different it is from how it is now. Like, that, back mm-hmm. then, the movie seems somewhat feasibly plausible, whereas now it's just yeah. like physics don't matter at all. <laughs> it actually was just about race wars. It was, and, yeah. Like, and that was it. Like, I mean, my wife and I, it's like one of our favorite movie series of all time. It's kind of like just a guilty pleasure because it's so, it's gotten so ridiculous, but it's so awesome. It is. But it really is funny when you go back to the first movie and you see just how much this the franchise has transformed. I mean, it's crazy, especially like going from one to four. Like, it changes drastically <laughs> yeah. every movie. Um, or one to even seven. I mean, it's, yeah. it's it's basically become like an international spy heist with cars crashing through buildings it's true. at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Hmm. It's really weird, but I love it. And uh, yeah. the theater is pretty busy too, so we weren't the only uh, only fans there. So I'm glad to see <laughs> glad to see the turnout for that. Yeah. Um, speaking of the theater, I actually forgot on Father's Day uh, we went out to go to see Finding Dory. Oh so hell yeah! That was kind of that was that was fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, actually a really good movie. Uh, it's a really good movie. I saw the original uh, Finding Nemo, and you know that was that was always entertaining to watch from back what's like 2003. Um, but yeah, it's been like what thirteen years now since the first movie, and it's still very charming. You know, Pixar's doing a really good job. I, I'm, it is Pixar, right? I'm not saying that's wrong. That DreamWorks. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Pixar. Yeah, no, it's I was Pixar. gonna say I'm not messing this up. It's, it's actually DreamWorks. It's, man. All right, no, it's how Pixar. Far, how far Pixar has fallen when Whoa, you can no longer keep yeah. track of them? <laughs> well, you know, I gotta say though, I, I think I've said a couple of weeks ago that I wasn't really confident that Finding Dory would turn out to be that wonderful, but it's got a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. Apparently, oh, wow. So yeah. Wow. Maybe it's actually great. Yeah. Are you going to go see it, Ash? Or... You know, I mean, I, I, I want to, but there are also other movies I want to see, and we go to see movies so seldomly these days that we kind of have to pick and choose. I see. So that, that might have to be relegated to a Redbox rental, <laughs> but... I'll try. Okay, well, right. I'll, I'll avoid spoilers then, but uh, Tom and I okay, actually saw it together <laughs> while he was up yeah. here, and um, I, I wasn't sure what to expect because the Rotten Tomato rating was high, but I had read some reviews, some and some of them complained about feeling like a directed DVD movie, so my expectations were a bit lower. Uh, yeah. And I think I was actually pleasantly surprised by it. Like, I thought it was a really funny, surprisingly well-constructed movie, if not on the same levels of Finding Nemo, which... To be fair, it's like one of my favorite Pixar movies, if not my favorite Pixar movie. Like, I think Finding Nemo just nails on every account, uh, on right? Every beat, and so this one's not quite up to that level, but I still enjoyed it for what it is. And I think oh, it was quite good. Looking back on it, I have maybe a few more issues with it, with it than I did, you know, in the moment watching it. But even then, I still had a really good time. So I, it's definitely worth checking out. I think, especially oh, yeah, if you like the fun. first one. 
Well, would you say it felt organic? Like, would it feel like it's a natural sequel that that was like a natural extension of the story? Or did it just feel like it was literally made to make money? <laughs> oh, I mean, I wouldn't say it was wow. literally made to make money. It's definitely not cars. Um, oh, I, think, okay. I think that they did a pretty good job making it feel organic. I think they did as good a okay. job as they could have, um, given the premise. So, gotcha. yeah, so I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, I would cool. say the movie definitely improves as it goes on. Like, maybe past the first 20 minutes, like, it starts picking up steam, kind of. Like, I would say it definitely gets better as it goes on. Mm-hmm. I'd agree with that, too. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that does remind me of something. I, I, I have only gotten to play three stages so far, but I do want to touch on Mighty Number no. 9. Because I did get my backer copy and I downloaded it, and I what you're saying about finding Dory is kind of reminiscent of this because I have to say I think the hate's really overblown. Like it's not an amazing hmm. game, it's by any means. It's totally unpolished. It's very it's charmless to be sure, but mechanically it works. Like I think people have kind of get gotten caught up in the anti hype machine surrounding Mighty Number no. Nine and the horrible Kickstarter, and and kind of have ignored the fact that the game is actually pretty decent. Again, not amazing. But some people would have you believe it's just like the worst thing to be released in the last few years, and it's nowhere near that. So I don't yeah. know. I've only played le- like about a quarter of the game, so I'm I'm preserving my judgment until the end. But I don't really see it being that awful. Right. Usually people tend to uh, get that way when they have high expectations, especially because right, like, right. like four million dollars was invested into that game. True. And there's a lot of reason why it, you know, why it even it turned out the way it did. Yeah. Uh, but it's just it's just like what it is. It's just a lot of expectations from the backers and yeah. you know the fact that it was Inafune's work. It just yeah, it just it, a lot of different circumstances that kind of resulted in this. Meanwhile, yeah, Shante think, is like turning out really good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I think that's mainly the thing. It, it certainly does not deliver on all of its lofty promises, but at the same time, it's not a terrible game either so far. Yeah, I can believe yeah. that. So I mean, that's good. Yeah. I mean, I, although to be fair. Like how high were how high were your expectations at this point for the game? <laughs> so I, I don't know. I I, I was kind of going back and forth because I had played the, the various demos at so many conventions and trade shows, and I was like, right. okay, well, I'm liking the way it feels. I, I'm I'm not really liking the look of it. It's probably not going to be amazing, but it'll be good enough. And I think that's kind of the sense I'm getting from the final game so far is that it's good enough, even though it has really you know a lot of issues that should never have been in the final game, such mm. as frame rate stutters and you know long load times, but again, I guess that's part of the perils of developing for ten platforms all at once, right. and that's something that Inafune even said that they have learned from. So, right. I mean, you know, hopefully he did. Yeah, to, yeah. to their credit, they are, like, one of the first, like, big Kickstarter projects for video games. I think... I, the, that's true, too. Probably the most yeah. successful at that point in time. Um, so I think a lot of people have learned lessons from them <laughs> and what not to yeah. do. Uh, so they were kind of a bit of a guinea pig. I mean, albeit, you know, of their own doing they chose to do that so right um right. yeah it's it is weird i mean from what i've seen the game doesn't seem to be terrible it just also doesn't seem to be remarkable in any way but i haven't i haven't exactly. played myself so i can't no you, I mean, you pretty much either. nailed how i feel yeah. about it did you back it yeah. tom i can't remember oh i that one i didn't back because that happened i believe during pax oh okay. and by the time we were done pax it had so many millions of dollars past <laughs> its goal i'm like well it doesn't need my money <laughs> yeah i sure feel bad for the four people out there who backed it at the ten thousand dollar level though oh, Jesus. Man, yeah. like i wonder how uh, they're feeling right they get about to now in a fune don't they 
Yeah, but I mean, is is even that? I mean, I've I've met Inafune too, and I didn't have to pay ten ten thousand bucks to do it. So yeah. I don't know if that's worth it, given how the game turned out. I like to think their only real benefit is just being with the other seventy thousand backers in the comments or in the credits. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in the four hour video. Yeah, I was really, about to mention really that. sad. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. I wonder stuff. if I wonder if um, I wonder if Way Forward's going to uh, try to figure out a better way of. You know, representing their backers instead of spending like an hour or two just trying to show you know who backed it. Well, I think sure. I think people I think people oh. should take a, a cue from Yacht Club the way they did it in Shovel Knight. Huh. Yeah, I'll have to they check that. Had, out. They had a whole stage dedicated to it. They they had like a whole optional stage where you can see pixelated portraits of like the higher tier backers in the stage. It's pretty cool. Ooh, Actually, cool. yeah, um, I think Aaron from Game Grumps can be seen in uh, in the background in one of the stages. Oh, really? Yeah. People were pointing nice. out during our stream of the game, so... Yep. I gotta check out where that is. I didn't know that. No, Yeah, there you go. Now you have a reason to play through the game. <laughs> the go. more you know. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, I guess we'll move on to the news. Now, we normally do five topics or so every week. We're keeping it a little bit short this time because of how delayed this podcast was. Oh, yeah, no kidding. Um, but there also hasn't been <laughs> that much in the wake of E3. So we are going to discuss something that uh, just happened and something we would normally give its own discussion, but since Derek isn't here, we're going to cover it on Real Talk, and that's the fact that Nintendo just released a trailer showing off um, all the new content coming to Hyrule Warriors Legends, the uh, uh, yes. was it, the yes. Link's Awakening <laughs> pack, I think they're calling it. Yes, Link's yeah. Awakening. Yeah, so, uh. it com- so it comes with uh, Marin. Uh, we saw what weapon she'll be using, which is the bell from Link's Awakening. We got to see the Windfish, and then we also Whoa. got to see um, oh, Linkle's yes. new weapon as well, which is uh, her boots, or a pair of boots. And and then we also got to see a little bit of um, the Link's Awakening adventure map as well, which looks awesome. Like, it all looks great. Um, so I think no, I actually haven't played much of Hyrule Warriors myself. It sounds like uh, oh, I think I you have, have yourself, I have. right? Yeah, you know, Marin's just just so cool. I, I'm so happy to uh, to see her uh, being represented because that was one of my favorite, uh, you know, you know, old old school uh, Legend of Zelda games, and it just always had an impact on me. Um, and and to see Marin there with the actually, you know, they started out with the actually singing the Ballad of the Windfish. That was so darn that's cool. awesome. Just, it really is. And it's just oh man, it's like yeah, that's how you do it. Yeah, it's like that's how you do it, man. And just the well of fan service in this game has run so deep, and and I just I I agree with you, Matthew. I'm such a big fan of Link's Awakening, and it's gotten so little love since its initial release, other than Link's Awakening Deluxe, and it's just so nice to see not only Marin but specific things from that game like oh, the, yeah. the Windfish and the Sea Lilies Bell and Kahalan Island the, uh, as the map Kahalan, yeah. uh, for Hyrule Warriors Legends like I just love how much research and how much care is going into the fan service elements of this mm, game and I, I totally can't wait agree. to see the other characters that are still yet to come throughout mm-hmm. the year uh, but mm-hmm. Ash we are missing one key thing here and that is Link's that uncle is true. the Windfish I would like to say that I did get that prediction at least half right I mean of course Link's uncle is never going to be riding the Windfish <laughs> But the fact that the windfish is part of her attacks at all, I think, is pretty dang cool. No, I totally agree. I think that's awesome. I, and it makes it's it makes so much sense. I'm so glad they went that route with her. So I didn't predict her using an actual instrument from the game. That well, actually, I kind of did. That's I expected true. it to be the harp. Um, oh, not, right, not the bell. So that was a pleasant surprise. I just I think it's cool how how like how accurately and faithfully her 3D model was translated all these years yeah. later from that. Old, you know that that classic concept art of her all those years ago. They did a great job. Like she looks yeah. awesome. Oh yeah, it is very faithful. 
Yeah, I mean, now I really, really, really want to see a remake of Link's Awakening done in the uh, A Link Between Worlds engine. Oh, right. make it man. happen, Nintendo! Right. Make it happen. Hyrule Warriors is such a weird game for me. That I love everything about it. Everything I see, except <laughs> for the gameplay. Like, <laughs> yeah, really. Oh, you know, I, well, I, I will say I don't think the gameplay, at least for me, the gameplay isn't strong enough to make me want to grind for hundreds of hours. Like, <laughs> you're not. Like you're hundreds not, of hours takes to unlock. You're everything. not Ted. But, no, I'm not Ted, yeah. but I do find the game re- really fun as a pick-up-and-play title when I just want to blow off some steam and mow down thousands of enemies with cool-looking <laughs> attacks. Like, it really is good for oh, that. Man. It's, it's, like, it's like a great kind of, like, stress-relief game that you play for, like, bursts of time. Remind, I don't know how Ted Remind Ted me it. to never meet up with you before you play it, like, right before you play Hyrule Warriors. Like, <laughs> okay. oh, afterwards, fine. Before, eh. <laughs> well, I could I could have said Grand Theft Auto. That's but true. I, well, at least I said Hyrule Warriors. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> so I mean, that would have been a lot worse. I was. I thinking, just like to just run people down. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was thinking it reminded me a bit there of the Yakuza series, just running around and being the crap out of people and never having anyone really able to hurt you, which is why I've kind of grown tired of it at this point. <laughs> oh yeah. Right. Okay, well, I guess we'll go ahead and move on to our topic. So, where each of us brings a topic suggested by one of our Patri- Patreon baker bakers, jeez, bakers, <laughs> yeah, bakers. must be hungry, huh? Home I, I think we should officially refer to them as Patreon bakers now. <laughs> Done. All right, yes. banana bread. <laughs> oh man, yeah. now I'm hungry. Yeah, I know, right? Okay, so yeah, this is where we bring we each bring one of our topics from one of our backers. My topic comes to us from Dylan. And he is asking whether what is our favorite upcoming game that isn't on a Nintendo console. And for me, I have to say, actually going from E three, I am most excited for Sea of Thieves. Like everything I've seen in that game is well, besides the actual gameplay sequence that showed E three. <laughs> like I really want to play this game. Like I love what they're doing here um, with the teamwork and uh, like it, it may it, like they're actually making sea battles work. And they're doing it in what appears to be a really fun way. And I actually regret not having the chance to go hands-on with it at E3. Because everything I've heard from that game sounds just like it's been a ton of fun. Um, so yeah, that's the game I'm most looking forward to at this point. Well, I don't think I expected you to say it. Well, I guess I kind of did, but at the same time I didn't. Because <laughs> we were both so disappointed by it last year when it was revealed. Yeah, it's but true. I, guess I it, know, it it's shaping been a turnaround. Be, yeah. I guess it is shaping up to be what what it's meant to be. I, I just don't think that kind of game appeals to me naturally. Mm-hmm. But for what it's supposed to be, I do feel like it is doing a good job of that. You're right. Yeah. I mean, it looks like um, Rare is doing what they do best, hopefully, and that's make good games again. So we'll see. If- you mean make good games that aren't banjo Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they Rare used to be known for making games that were just out of left field and crazy and funny, so they didn't always just make banjo You know what other studios made known for uh, making left field games? Luffield Studios. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yep. Um, well, I think you guys are, n- none of you are going to be surprised by my answer. Matthew, you might be since we don't talk as much. But um, for me, it's a toss-up either between Final Fantasy XV or more likely Horizon Zero Dawn. I am so unbelievably psyched about Horizon. I can't even mm. tell you. And honestly, it would have been my easy game of E3 if not for Breath of the Wild. So... You know, if, if we're taking out Nintendo systems, I am, like, so there day one on Horizon. I love the idea of the setting. I love the world. I love the what's going on with the story. I think there's a lot of intriguing elements here. And I love, I mean, just the fact that you're walking around and you see these giant robot dinosaurs just roaming this post-apocalyptic, you know, nature-reclaimed Earth. It's such a cool, it's just such a cool aesthetically pleasing world to be in. And, I mean, robot dinosaurs. You had me there. I mean, how can you make dinosaurs cool. cooler? By making them robots. 
Like in space. That's a good point. And she yeah, in space. It's yeah. true. It's not in space. Maybe that's a sequel. But <laughs> but no, honestly, I'm so psyched for Horizon Zero Dawn, and that's definitely my answer to this question. That's not a bad one. I'm, I definitely want to try that one too. So how about you, Tom? Oh, well, it's hard to say this year because this year we played the fewest games. I would say out of any E3. Uh, so you know, that's true. I would love to say Sea of Thieves, but I didn't see too much of that. Uh, I'm going to go with Flint Hook, uh, made by Tribute Games. It's an indie game. Uh, it's animated by Paul Robertson, that crazy pixel artist. Nice. And what I played from it, because like, you, you see videos and you don't know how a game plays, but it has a grappling hook mechanic, and it truly just feels right. It's not too slow of a grappling hook, not too fast, and I had a lot of fun playing it, and everything, all the sprites, the right amount of bounciness and fun, uh, so that would be the game I'm looking forward to most on PC and Steam, I guess. You just you just couldn't pick a game that the rest of us have heard of, could you? <laughs> no, I just choose some random... I was, yeah, some small, super small indie game. <laughs> if Paul Robertson's involved, that's all I need to know to, to at least check it out, because I yeah. love his work. Yeah, it's true. He does some fantastic stuff and some horrifying stuff. <laughs> yes, time. yeah, he does. Nice. How about you, Matthew? What are you looking forward to on the non-Nintendo platform? Um, well, again, I haven't played a whole lot at, at, at E3 this year, but, um, you know, Cuphead I don't think is coming on any Nintendo systems. Um, I don't know what opportunity I'll actually have to be able to play it, but I really enjoyed what I did play. It had a lot of charm, and, and I, if I get an opportunity to play that, you know, outside of E3, I would, I would love to, love to check that out. It just... So good. That that was that actually is a really like awesome boss. Like I played the exact same boss, and I loved it. It's different transformations and just the overall look of it. I mean, that's such an easy thing to say about Cuphead right. in general, but even that one boss had so much personality. Right. Where, where's the mermaid boss? Because I saw that one in in the uh, one of the early trailers, I think. And there was like this mermaid boss that that was like screaming at you, and I, I couldn't help but to think of Par- Parodius. Like there was a Parodius game that did something like that. Um, also, it, it, weird coincidence that there's actually a, a, a giant mermaid in um, in the Shantae trailer. And it's like, wow. Oh, it's the okay. year of the mermaid. <laughs> you're the well, giant. Yeah. You know, you're of the giant mermaids. <laughs> well, I guess I got to keep. I guess I got to keep things. Uh, keep some things under wraps for the actual game. Of course, of course. <laughs> how about you, Ash? What's your topic? So my topic this week comes from A Link Between Times, who asks, What is your favorite finale to a video game? This finale could start at the final dungeon or boss, or whenever you feel the game starts to wrap up. So this is a great question, because honestly, there's so many great finales out there, um, okay. you know, especially in the RPG genre. Uh, but my answer is going to go to Okami, and I'm going to warn you all now, uh, spoilers for Okami will follow, so skip my answer <laughs> if you don't want to be spoiled on Okami, but... So basically, it's just it's it's as dramatic and awesome as you would think a Kamiya, a Hideki Kamiya design game would be. And so essentially, Amaterasu is going up against the the incarnation of darkness, Yami, and she finds that she's completely outmatched, and it's because the people have lost faith in the gods. So Isun, her missionary, or basically her emissary to the gods, starts spreading her gospel and starts spreading, you know, the faith and people start believing. And so, of course, you have this super hyper anime moment where all the people of Japan come together in prayer to pray to Amaterasu to deliver them from darkness. And so this, of course, turns her into her true form. And then the real final battle starts. And this is, of course, after four prior 
formed with the final boss. Now the true fight starts. The one of the most epic final boss themes begins playing, and it's just you know that it's everything's coming to an end, everything's coming to a head. And this is after like a true epic. This is like a seventy hour game when you're rushing. <laughs> like this is a seriously epic game, and just I think. When you think about everything that you've done and all the people you've seen, all the characters you've met, all the places you've been to, it's just a really nice feeling of resolution and kind of like a nice, uh, you know, just a nice denouement to the whole thing. And um, it's it's really, it, it's emotionally in, uh, impactful, and it really just is a nice summation of everything that the game is about. And uh, which is, you know, even funnier too, because in real life, I'm not a religious guy at all, but this kind of plot point of all the people of Japan coming together in prayer to, you know, power Amaterasu up really touched me. And uh, it's just, it's really a great, very anime-like epic finale to this already epic game. So that's my answer. Oh, that reminds me a bit of the Elite Beat Agents last level when they look like they're dead. Oh, spoilers! Sorry. Oh, uh, right! Oh. And they That's all a great chant one. for them. That's also one of my favorite endings. That oh, one. I think you just won yeah. right there. Even if that's not your actual yeah. choice, I'm making that your choice now. <laughs> that I mean, is that, a great one. That's my choice now. <laughs> there is that and the Christmas song in EVA. And those are See, both that's like, the thing. Yeah, moving. The Christmas song absolutely ruined me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in, in Elite Beat Agents. Yeah. Like, absolutely kicked my ass. Yeah. I believe it. I'm going to have to touching. <laughs> Oh man, but that ending, man, it got me. I was so hyped. Like, it didn't matter how many times I had to redo that song, it was like literally hundreds. I felt so energized every time, like, they would come back and. Yeah, it was fantastic. And the song was so perfectly chosen. It was. Yeah, that's a great answer, Tom. Oh, that's a game that deserves, like, a remake, like, with high high fidelity audio and everything. That would be so. Can you imagine? That would have been a perfect fit for the Wii U. With the gamepad, you yeah. you have everything on the screen. You can tap in the gamepad. Well, actually, well, that would actually that would, well, that would be kind of terrible. Actually, if you had to watch cutscenes on the screen, I think I think it would depend on if you if they could make it so that you didn't have to touch somewhere specific, because that's why theater of them works. Theater of them works because you don't have to touch, watch the bottom screen. You can touch wherever you want. It's just a matter of touching at the right time. Yeah, but the game is like entirely <laughs> dependent on. The yes, I heard, it. <laughs> this I is heard Derek it. talking. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Is that your actual answer, Tom, or do you have another one? Uh, I was going to say Banjo-Kazooie at the time. Uh, that could be my answer now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was actually I thinking that one. I was considering that one for mine, because that final battle was so epic. Well, like that, that and the game show before it, I mean, building up to it, that, I consider that part of the end. That's a good point. Well, I guess it depends how you how you cut it, right? Because it could be near the end, unless you're short, a ton of jiggies, and need to go, or notes, I guess. Um, yeah. I can't remember which. Maybe both. You have to go back and find them all. But I agree. Like the whole ending sequence is great. I love the uh, the board game, and then the final battle is hard. It's epic, and the music is super epic too. It's like it's like six minutes long, I think, before it loops. So yeah, yeah. It, it's a truly epic final battle theme. Like Grant Kirkhope really outdid himself with both that actually and the Banjo Tooie final battle. Oh yes. Uh, uh, Banjo Tooie is kind of whatever. I don't know. I felt that, that battle was not really? nearly as good as Banjo maybe, maybe the battle itself wasn't, but I thought the music was great. Oh yeah. I I, don't, I, don't, I really don't know which one's my like which one I would choose as my ultimate favorite. But one that does stand out to me is Metal Gear Solid Three. Like the final sequence. Like well, it starts for me like when you start climbing that ladder, that super tall ladder. I can't remember how full, how close to the end that part really was, but that to me feels like where the game's starting to wind down. And then, of course, it culminates with the boss fight with, um, oh god, what's her name? Uh, is it the, the, boss. the boss? Yeah, 
Yeah, the boss fight with the boss. <laughs> okay, I forget that. Yeah, like it, it, the music and, and the visuals and like how you're you're hiding in the grass, just everything comes together in that moment, and it is such a great battle. And then, of course, after that, you have this super epic ending, which which you know also has partial partial gameplay tied in too. I think where um, you know, the motorcycle place on the, scene on is the it? plane. Oh, is there a motorcycle scene? No, that's before. I think. Well, that's before. Boss. That's before. Yeah, so okay. I mean, I guess I mean, if you want to add that to the ending, I guess that is part of the whole ending sequence. Shagohan uh, I mean, chase. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, there. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. If you count that, like the whole ending of that game is freaking epic as hell. Like I actually really forgot is. about that, but that thing is amazing. Um, especially because it, that's actually one of the cases in which the um, the special edition version of the game isn't quite as good as the original version, simply because the default version of that battle. Uses the same third-person camera angle or behind the sh- behind your character angle as the rest of the game. When it's actually better played using the um, the preset camera angles that the original version of the game had. So I didn't know about that going in. I was playing with the behind this behind the character uh, camera, which was fine. But it's actually way cooler with the preset camera angles. But they're like they're more cinematic and they're actually better built for that for that whole segment. Um, anyways, yeah, that's my answer. Like that whole ending, like three hours, is epic. So it really is. I mean, that that's a great. That's a great answer. My, my best friend and I actually finished that game together, and we were like, you know, two twenty-something, you know, early twenty-year-old guys playing this game and finishing it together, and we were both reduced to tears. Like, yeah, no, that is one here. of the saddest in, in in anything, not just games, like in any media. Like, it's such a, an emotionally resonant ending. You know, it's funny. There are very few games that actually hit me like that actually like make me cry. And yeah. the Metal Gear Solid 3 and Metal Gear Solid 4 are two of the only games to have done that. So I don't know what it is about the Metal Gear Solid series. I, I didn't even like Metal Gear, Solid, Metal Gear Solid 4 that much, but somehow <laughs> it gets to me. So That actually really surprises me that you say that, because I figured MGS4 would be exactly the kind of game you'd be like, no, I, no, uh-uh, don't care. No, this is ridiculous. And especially the twist at the end, I figured, was not something that you would like. I, I no, oh, Hold on. Wait, which twist are you talking about? Uh, well, I'm big boss. I'll just, I'll just big say, big boss. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, I didn't, yeah, I didn't like any of that. The, 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 part, oh, okay. the part that got to me was the um, Holloway seat, the uh, microwave Holloway. Oh yeah, man, that's yeah. a fantastic it, scene, right? It was freaking brutal, and it made like brilliant, like some of the best use of quick time events, if you want to call them that in this case, like that I've ever seen. Like how yeah. you actually have to button mash, and it actually makes you feel. Like you, you're kind of experiencing on some level what Snake is going through, but you're exhausted at the end of the. Yeah, like, I remember being in so much pain after that because I just didn't want to see him suffer anymore. Right, the guy had been through enough. Yeah, it was horrible. So yeah, that's yeah, yeah. So I, if you count that too, that also is probably one of my favorite like ending sequences. But that's just a small sequence of a much larger whole, which it, it didn't quite come together to me entirely. Like I feel like this is another spoiler, but like that that ending would it would have been so much better if it ended. Um, an hour during, ago, during yeah, an hour ago, exactly <laughs> yeah. like, during the during the graveyard sequence or whatever. Like then it goes yeah, off another half an hour. I'm like, what are you talking about, game? Shut up! You yeah, it goes on for way too yeah. long. I think he goes for a burger at one point. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Oh man, how about you, Matthew? What's your uh, one of your favorite uh, endings? Man, yeah, this yeah this is where it's it's kind of funny because like there's so many good games. Like trying to rack my brain for through so many games because I've been through a lot of Final Fantasy games, a lot of uh, Tales games, um, and of course a lot of Nintendo games. Um, when I think of like you know pretty epic finale areas, a lot of times I think of like Ocarina of Time. Um, but one one game I'm going to mention here because like what constitutes as a finale? Um, one thing that wasn't considered. Um, that could be considered part of a finale is what happens 
after the game is completed, like with Paper Mario. I just love the aspect of finishing a game, going through the credits, at least believe the, believe the credits happen first, and then going back to the place where you saved, like Toe Town in, in Paper Mario, and actually conversing with everyone. Once the place, once the whole world is peaceful again. I just think that's a really neat aspect that doesn't happen in a lot of video games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because it kind of gives you more of a reward. It's like, your reward is not simply seeing the ending cutscene and the credits, but your ward is also a peaceful land that you get to explore, yeah, at least in a, some degree. I love that. That actually reminds that. me of uh, Chrono Trigger. That might have been one of the first games oh, I yes. experienced that did Oh, that. yes, yes. Yeah. Great, great example. Yeah. Um, also, like, another thing possible of, of, of a finale is, like, are you talking about finale also, I mean, only that you actually won? What about a finale that you lost? Go Majora's on. Mask <laughs> is a perfect example of this. That is such an epic losing scenario. That's like if point. you actually don't win, if you actually don't you, you know play the song of time to go back in time, that finale is just yeah, you can't beat that. Um it, like people have do, didn't done memes and everything over over that. Just the fact that, you know, you know 3 days and then the final hours um in you know the moon comes down. It just that song in the la- in the last in the last uh, what left 12, 12 hours I think or six hours I think no six mm-hmm. hours because it goes from midnight to six a.m. So it's that that's just a different way of looking at what a finale is instead of yeah, winning you lose. That's a wonderful song, by the way. Oh, I love it! I love it! Love it! But you know, another game yeah. that oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. You go. Oh, so another game that reminds me of what you're talking about actually that also executes that kind of bad end very well is Bravely Second and I know some people are still playing through that so I won't spoil anything but there is actually a bad ending that you have to get before you can reach the good and and true endings and the way that that bad ending is kind of delivered is very affecting so I I think it's a great point that you brought up and I also want to address your first point about being able to explore the world that you saved and Earthbound is another game that does that incredibly well Mm, yeah I got right to the end of Earthbound and End up running out of time with things that I had to do, and I uh, know exactly. I need to do it. I know I need to do it, but I'm also I was also for the longest time I was a completionist, so I love to like okay I want to get everything everything that this game has to offer, and I know that I'm in a transition right now where I'm just can't always do that, and so I'm just just going to be going back to some games that I know that I just couldn't finish and just finish them, uh, not yeah. you know even if it's not a hundred percent or something just just do it. Um, but I, I, there was a lot, so many games I loved doing 100% on. It, it, to, it, to me, it wasn't really done until you actually got it all. And, but, you know, they, they made so many games these days, like, that just either impossible, uh, or, or like, well, some of it is actually literally impossible, like, like, ones that are involving, like, special events and stuff, that you had, in order to finish the game, you know, in its 100% form, you have to attend an event, like some of the Pokemon, uh, events and stuff like that. But, yeah, it's just, yeah, so I'll have to go. I'll have to go with the actually answering that would be just simply Paper Mario because I know it's not like the best epic ending in the world, but I just love that whole after ending sequence thing. Yeah, and just I want to see more of that. All right, I think that's everyone, right, on that topic. I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we will move on. Uh, Matthew, what's your topic? <laughs> okay, I believe I just. Pick one of the simplest ones that I saw there, uh, but at the same time, it's right up my alley. Um, basically, what is your f- 
favorite Legend of Zelda game of all time, and will the Breath of the Wind? Do you believe that Breath of the Wind will change that? And that was asked by Doctor B. I yeah, doc- believe, yeah right? Doctor B. Or Derby. 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 Okay. Yeah. It's, it's wait. Yeah. Wait Derby. a second. Wait a second. I like how Matthew said. Breath of the Wind, like on. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Breath of the. You know, what? I made that me back in E3 when I first saw it, and I'm like, okay, I called it Breath of the Wind, and then like, no, it's not Breath of the Wind, it's the Breath of the Wild, and now I'm starting. Everyone's to- making that mistake. It's weird. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. It's weird. Andres it, poisoned yeah. uh, Nate from Nintendo Trio, so Ash, you've brought it up with him now. So now it's going to spread through Nintendo Treehouse. <laughs> it's Nintendo well, what's funny? Japan. What's funny is that I think it was Nintendo UK just did some sort of promotion where they called it Breath of the Wind. Really? So even even Nintendo's internal PR teams are, are getting this wrong, and That's and awesome. you and we've called it everything from like Breath of the Wild to Call of the Wild, and I or Call of the Wind and, and Breath of the Wind. I don't know why we're doing this. It's because I mean because neither of those words like really go that go together naturally. Right. Yeah, but, I, I think when it, I think of like, yeah, Breath is is wind, right? Like, yeah, it really is. But it's a good yeah. name though. When you actually look it back is, on it, it is, yeah. it's a great poetic name. I love it. But we just gotta get keep getting used to it, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Eventually, we'll get it. It's like whenever the new year starts, and it takes me like a year to get used to the new year. But by that time, it's already right. the next year. True. <laughs> yeah. I'll go All last. Right. You want to? You want to go first, Andre? Yeah, I'll take this. Sure. I mean, because I I, I had the only right option, and that is a link to the oh, past. Here we go. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> a link to the past. Here we go. Is, is definitively the best Zelda game. It nails everything, like perfect pace. It's got a great overall dance of secrets and things to do and find. Um, although it presents, although it, it may seem like the game can be linear, it's actually fairly open. You can go about the dungeons in almost any order, at least beyond the first three. Yeah. Uh, I love everything about that game. I think it has a great sense of mystery. I love the items. Uh, the visual style is timeless, uh, which is something you can't say about all those other games. Um, I think that to me, like that to me, is a quintessential Zelda game. At least until uh, Breath of the Wild, which I almost called Breath of the Wind right there. <laughs> I am so we'll sorry see, about we'll, that. we'll see how that how that competes. Second up, I'll just throw this out there: Majora's Mask. That game oh, is yeah. really close for me. I but agree that. when when you boil it down, I think A Link to the Past represents every fantastic element of the Zelda series, pretty much at its best. So that's where I'm landing on this one. Mm-hmm. Now, see, I'll, I'll go next because I half agree with you. A Link to the Past is easily my favorite 2D Zelda game, and, and uh, but we're talking quite best easily. Zelda game, not just 2D. I know, yeah. and, and it is one of it is one of my favorite Zelda games in the entire series. But I go back and forth between A Link to the Past and you guys all know what I'm going to say next: The Wind Waker. Okay, you're and... objective. No, because you're you already screwed it up. <laughs> I'm wrong. I mean, I mean, ignoring the fact that it's not A Link to the Past. Uh, uh-huh. It should be Wind Waker HD, okay? So. Well, when, that's what I meant, Wind Waker HD. <laughs> All right, Okay, fine. so Wind Waker HD, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wind Waker HD is, is indef- undoubtedly better than the original version. Yeah. Um, but, see, I, I'm kind of... I'm, I'm tempted to say it's a tie between The Link to the Past and The Wind Waker because they're both so fantastic. The Wind Waker, I just... I love what it does differently. I love the risks it took. It doesn't necessarily do everything perfectly, but I think it gets enough so right that what it gets wrong can be overlooked. And I... I still to this day have not, really until Breath of the Wild, have not felt that sense of wonder in a Zelda game uh, since since the first game as I did with the Great Sea. And and I I didn't really mind the sailing like some people did. And I loved seeing these islands in the horizon and actually pointing my ship in that direction and being like, I can go there and I'm going to go see what's on that island and explore. And and more often than not, there was something really cool to find, unlike in Skyward Sword where the the islands in the sky were almost all worthless. Mm -hmm. Um, 
You know, the Wind Waker just had that. It had that sense of adventure, and it had the gorgeous visuals, of course. But it also was brilliant, and that it was, you know, you wouldn't know it from looking at it, you know, just on a surface level. But it was Zelda's take on a, on the post-apocalypse, basically, and it was a very dark story. That really, you you wouldn't get that at at, at first by looking at its really cartoony visuals, but it was a really kind of a dark, sad, you know, just kind of emotionally resonant, wistful story. And that wasn't something that we had seen from Zelda to that point, I didn't think. And the soundtrack was great. I love the main theme. I mean, The Wind Waker is just so special in so many ways, and it does things differently, and I like it for that. It didn't play it safe. And it kind of dared to do its own thing, but that doesn't that's not to take away from a link to the past, which is easily my my favorite Zelda game otherwise, so you know th- those are kind of my two answers right mm-hmm. there It's not a bad answer I, I respect it uh yeah, just for me like at least with the initial release, um I appreciated what it did, but the pitfalls of that game vastly out uh outweighed the the things it did do well. Which looks sure. like they did largely fix with Wind Waker H D. Right. At which point I actually really did end up liking that game. Which I yeah. can't think of another game I've done a reversal like that on. Because I That's think That's true actually. Yeah, beyond besides Twilight Princess, I don't think there was a game I disliked more in the Zelda series than that one until the H D remake, so and Twilight Princess didn't really change it, or Twilight Princess HD didn't change your mind. No, that it, it got like a subtle, like a slight ten percent upgrade <laughs> for me. So Yeah. But but that's true. I mean, I mean, the, for those of you out there who haven't played the Wind Waker yet, there's no doubt that the Wind, Wind Waker HD is the best version of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yes. Go play that one. Oh, yeah. Yes. Definitely definitely play that one. That one's great. Like, even the visual style. Like, I loved how they updated those visuals. And those were already strong to begin with. Like, of yeah. all the Zelda games, that's probably the one of uh, the 3D ones that needed the least amount of upgrades, yet they decided to do, revamp them to some degree. Uh, whereas Twilight like, Princess yeah. could have actually used a much more thorough uh, revamping. Even though yeah. I actually quite liked how that game looked, too. But... Like, yeah, Wind Waker HD, the visuals look to me to be, like, current-gen and, and, and great by current-gen yeah, standards. I like, totally I look agree. at PS4 games and cutting-edge PS4 games, and they look amazing, but then I look at Wind Waker HD, and I'm like, this looks amazing, too. It doesn't <laughs> look like it's on a weaker console at all. Now, Ash, what do you think, though, will Breath of the Wild uh, <laughs> <laughs> change that, though, for what your favorite game is? Oh, that is, that is, part, of the, that is part of the question. My bad. Um... It just might. You know, I've, I've said this before in our discussions about the game, and I'm not the biggest fan of open-world games, but the way Zelda's doing it, I'm really... And especially after our interview, or after my talking with Nate Bildorf while you guys played the game, I am I am so hungry for that game, and my hype is so raw that it may just end up... If it delivers in every aspect that I think it might, it could supplant, you know, the Wind Waker... And Link to the Past is my favorite, but again, the open world nature means it's got a it's got a hill to climb to get there. But I am very excited for it. Yeah, I actually totally forgot that aspect of the question too. I basically <laughs> echo what Ash said. Like, I have not. I mean, I think we'll have our, our a Zelda focused discussion soon. Another one based on the game, but um, I don't think I've been more excited for a Zelda game in I don't know forever. Maybe like this. I am maybe probably okay since Ocarina of Time. I am so hyped for this game because they are doing literally everything, almost literally everything I wanted them to. Like, if you go back and watch my ten, my top ten hopes videos or video, it, almost every point is represented in this game somehow. So I am so excited for this game because it's bringing back what I want to do most in Zelda, and that's explore. And uh, I, I, yeah, I can't wait to, I can't wait to see if it actually does surpass my favorite Zelda games. As for me, uh, for my favorite ones, it's all about exploration in Zelda. I hate being funneled down paths. Uh, for me personally, like with Wind Waker, I felt it became kind of empty 
at the end at times. I played just through the GameCube one. Um, I remember that being kind of tough for me to get through towards the end. Uh, so my favorite was Ocarina of Time, even though that kind of has a hollow field in the middle, if you think about it, except for the ranch. Because mm-hmm. uh, at the time, I didn't have Super Nintendo. I just went from Nintendo to N64, because as a kid, it's very hard to put together... Three hundred twenty-eight dollars to buy a Super <laughs> <Nintendo>. <laughs> when you get twenty-five cents allowance, and you have a wow. paper route. <laughs> well, I, I wish I could do the math that quickly to see how long it would have taken you to actually save up for one. But I, but I, I can see why you didn't get a Super Nintendo. Maybe by the GameCube. I just remember buying the N sixty-four. Kind of cleaned me out already. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I love the exploration opening of time. It did have some story elements and stuff, but for me, having played just the original Zelda before that, that was all new to me. I didn't like looking back at a link to the past. It's almost like a, it's basically a retelling of a link to the past in many, many elements. Hmm. Um, so I loved Ocarina of time followed, I guess by link between worlds. And that's sort of near the very first Zelda for me. Uh, just interesting. Give me worlds that I can just go off, do whatever I want, um, check out different areas, climb a death mountain, you know, and don't badger me to go to places too much. I guess there is Navi in Ocarina of Time, but it's not too bad. And I would say Breath of the Wild, I'm, I haven't been as hyped for a Zelda since Ocarina of Time. It makes me feel like a kid again, mm-hmm. looking forward to it. And uh, I believe it will surpass Ocarina of Time for me. If you don't like being funneled around, you should totally go play Skyward Sword because there definitely is not uh, an assistant character who makes you do everything whenever she wants you to all the time. <laughs> so you should definitely just go play Skyward Sword. You'll well, love with, it. With that game, with that game, I had played twenty hours of Twilight Princess and got bored of it. Nice. And Skyward Sword, I got through only 12, 10 hours. So. Wow. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Really? <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, just given your taste in Zelda, I'm not surprised at all for, uh, for about that. Okay. Yeah. All right, Matthew, how about you? What's your yeah, favorite Zelda? I'm going to be shaking some things up here. I just know it. Oh, <laughs> I'm going man. to be causing some major. Uh, okay. Doing? Yeah, this is, okay, this, is, this is a little bit of a complex uh, question because. Um, I swear, if it's a CDI game, I swear to God. No, no, no. Trust <laughs> me. No, no, it has nothing to do with that. Um, no, no, it's just, it's just basically, a lot of times, uh, different Zelda games seem to have different strengths and weaknesses, you know, yeah, like all whatever you're looking for. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of the biggest impact games for me has actually been Majora's Mask. Um, I actually, personally, personally, that's just, that's just my opinion, I liked it more than Ocarina of Time. The reason for oh, that... Oh, you do? Oh, okay. All right. Well, the reason for that, it was, was actually, there were a couple of reasons. I'd have to say the first reason is that I believe the characters were believable. The, I, I actually cared about their lives. Um, it was a very different story. It wasn't like trying to tell the same story again. Um, it was a, its own thing. Uh, it, it was very creative, very po- poetic. There are some, there definitely are some weaknesses on, you know, like, like, you know, not as many dungeons if you, you know, like, not, not many official dungeons anyway. Um, but I just found it to be very memorable. And some Zelda games actually make me emotional, and that was one of them. The, the first mm-hmm. one, believe it or not, was actually Link's Awakening. 
Um, that was the first Zelda game that makes they made me care. Uh, I didn't really care about the events that happened in Link's the Past as good as the game as it was. Uh, but what happened regarding Marin, however, was different to me, and I felt bad for a character who was, uh, spoiler alert, <clears throat> just in a dream. So yeah, it just it was just emotion can be, have a lot of lot of impact in a video game, and and Zelda is you know no different. So. Emotion-wise and characters and stuff like that, Majora's Mask is a really strong contender. Um, as as for exploration, yeah, I, I will have to mention that Wind Waker is like one of the strongest games in the in the Zelda series. Period. Um, it just you know for the very same reasons that were mentioned here. Um, so I, I, lo- I love the Wind Waker for that. The music was also fantastic. Um, but um, I will have to you know give some credit to Skyward Sword. Not necessarily for the exploration or believable characters, but I have ever since I don't really know exactly when, but it was at least as early as Twilight Princess, probably before that. I wanted to be able to play a Zelda game where I can actually make it feel like I'm using a sword. I I have played game, Zelda games since the NES days, but. To actually, like, ever since the Wii came, I was like, oh, yeah, definitely, I, I could just imagine how, how this could be used, you know, the right way. And I feel like that twi- um, Skyward Sword did that pretty darn well. A lot of people had problems with the controllers, but uh, the controls, but I didn't really have that problem. Um, I can say that it was just a tack-on with, with Twilight Princess. You're just waggling the controller. That's not going to do, really do anything in terms of sword play. But Skyward Sword, yeah, I, 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 totally, I totally dug it. I just... Had a lot of fun playing some of the boss fights, um, you know, even just dealing with the bee mosses. The bee mosses, like where he had to slash to the left, slash to the right, and then stab it straight in the eye. Yeah, that was fun. I just totally dug it. So I, I'm right there with you, by the way. I just, I, I don't, yeah, yeah. It just, it was so fun. It, it that to me was the strong point of Twilight. Uh, I'm saying the wrong name. Uh, Skyward Sword. That was that was its strength to me. It, being able to get into it, the interactivity it was just just really good. Um, it wasn't like the best way in terms of how you lay out a world, but other than that, it just yeah, it just that was the best part of that game, and I wouldn't mind seeing something like that again in the future. I know uh, people say no, 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 bring back the the the, um, the traditional controls. Yeah, of course, definitely bring back the traditional controls, um, but I wouldn't be up against an alternative of actually doing you know properly handled. Um, motion controls. Same here. I mean, I mean, so one thing I'll say about Breath of the Wild is that I and I knew this would be the case because I same with you. My the motion controls for Skyward Sword worked like a dream for me, and mm-hmm. and I knew that when I finished that game, I was going to miss or I was going to regret going back to mashing a button to swing Link's, Link's sword right. in the next game. And sure enough, when I played Breath of the Wild at E three, I'm so excited about that game, but I did feel like something was lost in, in the transition back mm-hmm. from fantastic motion controls to just mashing a button to swing Link's sword. And, I, and I'm going to miss that. I, Skyward Sword is, for all the problems it had, what it nailed, it nailed so well. And those sword controls are one of those things. Right. And I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I miss them, and I wish that they would be revisited in the future, even though I'm almost sure that they won't. Right. But, but well, 
Yeah, you you wouldn't want to like replace traditional controls because people still want that. But giving right. that, uh, giving a nice balance where you can actually have that as an option, that's that'd be sweet. How about we get like a mini game like crossbow training where <laughs> it's set up in a punch out style and you take on different bosses and control it. You know, you get to control the sword and it was each guy was kind of like punch out in a way where you had to figure him out. And maybe a Deku shrub is your coach or something. <laughs> you know, I, would, I wouldn't be entirely opposed to that. I'd still like to see another full game with motion controls, but that actually might might be pretty fun. Get uh, next level games to make that instead of Metroid. Federation, oh, Federation Force. Oh man, I'm totally on board with that. I actually, I actually loved uh, crossbow training. I had a really good time with that game. So it was fun. It was fun. I, I won't deny that. Mm-hmm. Man, after after you mentioning totems, I kind of wish I had just played it straight and been like, my favorite Zelda game ever is Triforce Heroes. <laughs> I would just, just hang just up this call right now. Oh, no, I, I forgot to say, I have a totem of game, Zelda games. Uh, I, didn't, <laughs> I was hoping just to troll you guys with that. <laughs> oh, really? Well, I, I really wish we, we could have... I would have thought about that before because mm. your reactions would have been great. Oh man, hindsight. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's one thing that, that I was I was not even thinking about. You know, the actual multiplayer games that were not really part of the main. I guess you could say it is sort of part of the main, but not not your flagship Zelda games. Um, heck, Four Swords Adventures was a really fun game. Um, yeah, it was. Oh yeah, yeah. heck yeah! But right uh, there, you said not the actual Zelda game. So well, it, it is a Zelda game. It is, it's even in the timeline. I mean, at least the Hyrule story says it is. <laughs> but My, you know, that, that was some that that honestly though that is some garbage though. That, that link <laughs> there. Sorry that uh, Triforce Heroes somehow just happens to start the same link as a Link Between Worlds, and he just happens to be co exploring <laughs> this other kingdom. I mean, the, the two don't even look the same. Wait, it's ridiculous. Really? Were they added that, or because I don't? I they, have like no, the but, but they they came out and made like an official statement about oh. Triforce Be- Heroes okay. being a direct sequel to A Link Between Worlds and starring the same Link. And it's like, come on, that's uh, such yeah, a half half assed. Yeah. yeah, that's a little yeah. weird. All right, Tom, what's your topic? All right, my topic is from Antrin. I I might not be saying that right. He says, "Hello, Game Explain. I wanted to ask you what boss battle did you find very memorable." I'm not sure if it's been asked yet, but I figured, why not? Thanks. And also, Andre, your puns are terrible in a good way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a missed are. opportunity. You could have put that in a pun itself. Uh, <laughs> True. We'll, we'll accept that. We should, we should make every topic. It has to come in the form of a pun. It's like Jeopardy. But, <laughs> just, yeah. just to even be considered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a, a April Fool's uh, discussion. There you yeah. go. That'll be fun. All right. Uh, okay, I'll start first. I'll just I have a few uh but I'll just I'll tell only one story about them. So starting off in terms of being memorable from a gameplay wise, I'd say Ganondorf or Ganon from the Ocarina of Time. Uh I always remember that one and I went to that boss battle a lot. Me followed by the end in Metal Gear Solid three, which is something because I only played that one once. Uh Whizpig, the first oh, Whizpig. Yeah. Infamous. Yeah, for me in that so one, difficult. it was worse because it took days for me to beat him because I had skipped through the genie telling me that <laughs> you let go of the gas button. When you I don't think he. T- I don't think he tells you. I don't think the game even tells you about that. I think he tells you that at the beginning. I've gone through it before, and he, I think he says a hint about that. But Are anyway, sure? I didn't know that, and so I beat Wizpig without knowing that. And after finding that out, it's way easier. 
I think I had the so. exact same thing. And you're talking to be to clarify, you're talking about the first with pig race, not yeah. the second one, right? First yeah. one with the uh the you're over a river basically. That right. one was, it was tougher than the second one, I'd say. I agree. Yeah. And just the lightning in that level and the music and just his him laughing at you. Oh, yeah. You know, he's such a huge opponent even compared to the other bosses in that game. And it, it, that was like the most epic race I've ever had in a video game, probably. Uh, that battle. It was and, against a pig. Yeah, a, a wizard pig. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't, and he flew later on. <laughs> he does on a rocket. Yeah. God, yeah, I had the same problem. I didn't know that you could let go of the gas when going over boosts to, yeah. to get a bigger boost, so. See, I, it was one of the most just rage-inducing boss fights. Yeah, There's no way all three of us missed that. It's not in the game. They don't tell you that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll have to go back. We have to air to stream it. <laughs> I just remember after that one, like I remember cursing at my brother probably when he was there. I'd blame him for doing poorly <laughs> when he was watching. And I remember after finally coming in first, I believe I jumped up and was like, yeah, I might have hit the ceiling even with oh, my man. fist, but... Yeah, that was quite the story. Anyway, I guess uh, other than that, would you guys consider Bald Bull a boss from the original Punch Out? <laughs> sure, uh, I would say yeah, I would say so. I mean, I think they're kind of all bosses, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's kind of like a series of boss fights. Uh, just for Bald Bull, this is before the internet, and when he does his bull charge, we had like me and my friends, we had no idea how to get past the bull charge. So we'd always play Punch-Out, have a great time, and get stuck at Bald Bull eventually doing the bull charge. And eventually, I think maybe after four years of being stuck at the bull charge, just playing Punch-Out one day, I was trying just to punch him at any moment when he was coming down, and I forgot to press up. So I ended up doing the punch to the gut. I just had the exact right timing to knock him down, and it was like, I did it. He's down. I peered it out. And now you, you could figure that out in four seconds with the internet, but at the time, that was, I guess, a tale of perseverance and <laughs> lack of video game intelligence. I don't know. Uh, so, not so much a memorable boss, but just how I came to beat him. That's awesome. That, that actually <laughs> nice. sounds really... I actually have a friend uh, who goes through Punch-Out! at the NES one every year until he beats Mike Tyson, just to make sure he still has it in him. Like... The, nice. the day he can't do it is the day he knows he's over the hill. So, <laughs> gotta go on wait, 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 Mike there. Tyson? You mean Mr. Dream? I, I, well, he actually <laughs> plays the he plays the original OG version. Nice. All right. Well, I have a few, so I'll just run through them quickly. Uh, first, I gotta throw a shout out to Chrono Trigger's battle with Magus because Magus is an enemy that you he's a character that you you hear about even from the opening hours of the game, and he's built up to be this ominous presence who's like the leader of all the monsters and attacking the kingdom of Guardia. And it just every you know, Frog or Glenn has a settled score or score to settle with him, and so there's so much slowly building up to this big fight. And you're even led to believe that he might be the one who's the cause behind Lavos. And so you finally go to fight him. You infiltrate his castle. It's a great dungeon. the The music that plays when you fight him is amazing. And then you find out he's just really one other one small piece of the overall puzzle and it's a great surprise and then what follows after that is is an awesome rest of the game but so the battle with magus is a great one um also i have to talk about um the stage four boss from ninja turtles 4 turtles in time which i know seems random but it was really cool because you're fighting shredder who's in this mech but the catch is the mech is actually the tv screen kind of so 
you're playing as the turtles from Shredder's perspective, and the way that you win the fight is you have to throw foot soldiers into the screen to damage Shredder's mech. And it's this really cool fourth wall breaking moment in a really, you know, in, in, a, in a time where that wasn't, games weren't really known for breaking the fourth wall. So this is a pretty classic example of a game kind of playing with the idea of the player's viewpoint. So I thought that was really cool. Um, of course, as a huge Mega Man fan, I got to throw out the, the boss fight against either X or Zero toward the end of Mega Man X5 because this is a, a moment that's foreshadowed from really the first two Mega Man X games that they're going to have to fight each other eventually, and depending on who you play as and, and the ending you get in X5, you do end up fighting the other main character, either Zero as X or X as Zero. So I thought that's really cool. Um, and then Kefka from Final Fantasy VI, just because he is such... He's basically a giant tower, and then the the top of the tower, you fight Kefka himself, who's this crazy winged god, angel god, and his music's awesome, and it's just a it's a battle of attrition. You fought three gods to get to him, and now you got to fight the real thing, and it's this really long fight. Of course, unless you're super over leveled, then it's super easy. But it's just yeah, thematically it's awesome. And then I uh, just want to mention both bravely game, uh, bravely default, and bravely second. Both of their final bosses because they both break the fourth wall in awesome ways and talk directly to you as the player. And I think it's a really cool way they do that. Of course, no spoilers since they're relatively recent games. But uh, yeah, those are my, all my answers. Nice. Oh, that's that's a lot to take in. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, I just kind of wanted to run through them as quickly as I could. Oh man, ah, Shredder cool. sounds really clever. That, that's a really cool one. Yeah. So have, have none of you played Turtles in Time? It's I like, played it, but uh, we never got to that point. Or went out quarters before the end. Oh, uh, sorry. I should I should specify this is the Super Nintendo version. This was not. Oh, the okay. Version. Oh. I'm specifically talking about the Super NES, Super NES version. I don't think I played that one. It's only one of the best beat em ups of all time, guys. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm not a big really beat em up fan, so. Uh. You have a friend who really loves that game. <laughs> I went through nice. Turtles 2 and 3 on the NES, having the NES for years. Those were pretty fun. All right, next time I come up for any reason, Andre, I'm bringing <laughs> my Super NES cartridge to Turtles 4, and we're going to play through it two player. All it's I heard o- is that it's not reason enough to come up. So apparently the game's not that good. Ooh. Oh wow! Oh, I see. Well, I mean, I don't know if any if there's any uh, anything that can justify taking a bus up to San Francisco again for my last experience. With it. <laughs> well, definitely not a mega bus. That's for damn sure. So. <laughs> yeah, really. Jesus, I mean, you, you would, yeah, you wouldn't even get here. So yeah, exactly. Oh man! All right, how about you, Matthew? Yeah, well, there are definitely a lot of memorable bosses. Uh, a lot of the ones I end up thinking of are you know from Nintendo systems or you know just. Nintendo made. There are some that aren't, but I'll just want to uh, run over a few right now. I want to say that uh, Bowser in the Sky from uh, Super Mario 64, that is pretty memorable. You know, just being able to grab Bowser's tail and just so long, Sir Bowser. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, just it's pretty memorable. It, it's simple, but, you know, it's still memorable. Same thing you could say with, um, uh, you know, like what, what Gan- the Ganon fight from Ocarina of Time. That that's, that is really memorable because you actually have to, you have to go through a, you know a whole sequence to even get to that point. You know, like at first you're like you're like okay, I'm I we beat you know Ganondorf, but no, now you have to escape the tower and then yeah, you think it's all over, but no, 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 Ganon, Ganon, you know, comes back from the rubble and yeah. And you know, just being able to you have to have to you know put it into him, or actually, you don't even get a chance to put it into him because the end of that sequence, spoilers, you know, you, you know, the the seven sages actually have to seal him up. So, 
Yeah, it, that was definitely a memorable boss. But um, one thing I, I have to say, uh, other than you know, like Andros, Andros was a really good one from uh, Star Fox 64. Um, but one that really sticks to my mind, not only because of visuals, but also because of the music, is the ba- the giant baby Bowser uh, from Yoshi's Island. Oh, I, I just one. love yeah. the whole beginning sequence, where, and you hear the da 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 da. It was just just so cool, and then it finally gets into this hard rock. Oh man, it's just 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 so cool. Um, so it just really gets you pumped for that from that for that battle. It just they they handle that really well. You know the music. You know in com- combination with the actual fight. Um, you know, you actually throw the eggs way off in the distance. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, one that probably many won't, won't think of would be not even a, not even a final boss, but memorable in, in, in her own right. Twin Rova from Ocarina of Time. Um, it was a good fight. It wasn't super complicated or anything, but I have to say just the whole beginning sequence where... <laughs> Well, Twin Rumble combines and actually flirts with Link. I mean, really? <laughs> That's a cool fight, actually. I know, it is yeah. a totally cool fight. I love Twin Rumble. In fact, I am really shocked she's not in Hyrule Warriors because she would have been a really good Ocarina of Time representative um, for like for the bad side. Um, and But it was really, really memorable, you know, you know, because the combination, you may not have expected that. Um, so it was like a two-part fight. And then, you know, like, okay, wow, uh, Link apparently has a lot of different females liking him, including the bad ones. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was it was memorable for many different reasons. But uh, one, one other thing that I will mention for, for boss fights that probably many people here have never even heard of, um, pretty much any boss fight from the Parodia series. Um, it's basically a parody series off of Gradius. And uh, like, there's many different games. Most of them didn't come to the United States, but you know, I think like maybe two did. Um, yeah. They had all these these crazy boss fights, just just completely unexpected. Um, what was the? Uh, is it like a like a Las Vegas sort of? Oh yeah, yeah. You mean like yeah, the dancer, yeah, them? the dancer girl, the dancer girl. Um, but also like this, there's this one crazy uh, pirate ship with a cat's head on it. <laughs> yeah, it, I remember there's that all one. these crazy boss boss fights. Oh, and also the Parodius also had a giant mermaid. So there you go. Nice. Lots of giant mermaids. <laughs> now, the title of this podcast is Real Talk, so I, I'd be remiss, remiss if I didn't mention this, but I was trying so hard to stifle my laughs because <sighs> when you were talking about Ganon and Ocarina of Time, the way you said it sounded to me, instead of you saying, <laughs> we have to put an end to Ganon, you said it sounded like you put it put an end to Ganon. And I was trying to... Okay, hard. we're going to have to Not start to putting up. warnings. At the, uh, at advisory warnings. by the seven stages. Same yeah, you know, so. he comes out with the rubble and you got to put it into him. And I'm just like, oh <laughs> well, my god. I'm no, I guess so I was thinking like the Master's Sword, but... Yeah. <laughs> well, you can't even finish off. It's the seven stages. <laughs> <laughs> so good, especially when he loses his master sword and all of his potency. Oh man! <laughs> oh, we need Derek here for all these advisory warnings. We really don't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's it's great spirit. Well, yeah, oh, those are, those are some good choices as well. I feel like no one has had a bad choice yet, from what I what I can tell. So that's what I'm gonna bring right now. I'm gonna bring all the bad choices. Yeah, <laughs> bring it on. So for me, like, I'm actually not the biggest fan of bosses in general. Like. Usually, I come across a boss fight, I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to deal with you. I just want to move on to the next thing. 
With that said, there have been a few that stood out to me over the years, and one of my favorites in the Mario games is the original Bowser fight, or the uh, final Bowser fight in Mario Galaxy. That, to me, is one of the most epic boss fights I've ever experienced, and let alone in a Mario game. Like, the fact that it was so epic with that orchestral music and the chanting in the background, Mm. I'm like, damn, and you're like fighting Bowser on these planetoids, or on these, like, orbs, and it just culminated in this really epic experience that was very befitting of the, uh, you know, cosmos theme the entire game had. I just loved everything about it. Uh, Next up, um, Goat from uh, Majora's Mask. That is actually one of the few boss fights I thought was just a lot of fun. Just, like, legitimately a ton of fun. I loved rolling around as a Goron, going off his jumps, and just trying to take down Goat by running into him. Um, it's very simple, and just uh, I really enjoyed that, just from a purely gameplay perspective. Oh, yeah, it was and fun. I also kind of like, too, the element of um, just having that time limit built into the game. Like, I feel like it just only adds to pretty much every asset or every facet of the game, and I think it only enhances the boss fights, too, because you do feel like you're under pressure a bit. Uh, and finally, one of my favorite most recent boss fights was, um, oh, I don't, I don't remember his name, but the final boss was Platoon. I love oh, that boss. Oh, I love yeah, that. I agree. DJ Octavia. Totally I, was, I was joking that uh, Matthew might be seeing that about the the music. It's like, oh, right? it's Platoon Oh, boss. yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's, that's honestly one of the best bo- final boss fights oh, in I recent agree. memory for me. Yeah, oh, totally absolutely. Like, the, the dialogue, the music, the gameplay, like it's structured in such a way, like it's tiered in a way that gets harder but feels different every step of the way. Uh, I just love that battle. Like everything about it. And I feel bad for... The European uh, players, who unfortunately got a way worse translation when it comes to that boss. Because he doesn't say any of the really colorful things he says in the uh, North American he one. He doesn't? Right? That's too bad. Well, because like, here he calls you like a dirty hipster, I think, or something. Yeah, or, he does. Yeah, like great stuff like that. And yeah, they totally toned him down for the European one. Mm. So that's, I think his name's DJ Octo- Octavio, right? That's it. That yep. yeah. 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 Perfect. And, and also, I love the challenge of that boss fight. Because oh, the, yeah. the last sequence of that, of that fight... Is it? It absolutely tests everything you've learned throughout the, throughout the campaign. Like a true and it final pushes boss you should. right Exactly, and it pushes you right to the limits of your abilities without feeling unfair. Yep. Yeah. And it. I love that about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man. God, oh, I'm, I'm oh. so sad to think that, that the Europeans didn't get such a great translation for. I know, right? Like they don't wow. know. They, they don't know what they're missing. I would say looked up on YouTube, which I may have, but I do have to throw out one more boss that I just thought of, and not because it's actually a great fight, but because of. Our shared memories of fighting it, and that is whatever the hell her name was from uh, Triforce Heroes. I can't remember, but oh. that final boss oh, was man, awesome. Jesus. Not because it's a fun fight, oh, but, yeah. Yeah, but Andre, <laughs> you and me and Derek, the trials and tribulations oh, we went God. through fighting that boss. Oh. Didn't we get oh, so man. close at one point and we just we died? Did. Yep, <sighs> we did. But but then but then when we finally pulled it off, it felt amazing. It did. And, that's and, true. And the amount of teamwork it took to do it was pretty cool. I would agree with that, even if I didn't like the mechanics of that fight. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hear what you mean. That's why I said I don't think it's necessarily a great example of an amazing fight, but just the memories associated with it and, and us triumphing over that fight, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, no, I agree with that. That actually was, that that, that did feel quite good. What was so her name again? Oh, the lady. Right? The lady, yeah. yeah. the lady. Wow. Yeah, the lady. I like how the easiest bosses, like the end, the lady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the ones I have trouble with. Boss. Yeah. Boss, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Boss. Oh man, yeah, that was a, that, that was oh, man. So many, uh, so many mixed emotions about that battle, man. Like, <laughs> I know, I, I know exactly what you mean. I, 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 I almost wish you hadn't brought it up again. <laughs> <laughs> Dredged up some old memories. Bad memories. It's still, yeah, yeah it's still sore. 
Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So some good battles there, guys. I think we covered it pretty well. Um, I wish I could say the final boss of uh, Beyond Good and Evil, but no, that one. I love that game, but the final boss wasn't particularly uh, good. So. It really wasn't. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I think we. I think that's it. Right. We wrapped it up. So, uh, Matthew, do you want to tell everyone where they can find all your stuff at? Like yeah. Like your music and your videos and stuff? Yeah, in the description. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, no, because <laughs> well, no, I start, start saying it here and it's like, how do you spell that? <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, uh, people you know, here probably know me more as Peach Toadstool, not Matthew Kierkegaard, my professional name. Um, but, uh, yeah, you can go to youtube.com uh, slash Peach Toadstool. Uh, you can also you know, do that to uh, SoundCloud dot com slash peach as well um i got twitter and stuff like that but you know those are the place where you can find most of my music and videos um but uh, also you know might catch me uh, sometime uh, associated with uh, studio ravenheart the indie company that i'm working with um perfect but yeah i know one one little uh, thing to uh, wrap this up would be pretty cool it's kind of relevant to this <laughs> Very nice. Perfect. I, yeah, I feel like I feel like we're ruining it now by talking anymore. I know. <laughs> no, 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 no. Awakening love. All right, and with that, I think we are done here. So thanks so much for watching, guys. Um, if you liked our podcast, you can actually back us on Patreon for just one dollar a month. And not only do you get it three days early every week, except for last week, <laughs> because we didn't do one last week, but you can also suggest topics to us every week, and we may use it in our future episodes. All right, guys, thanks for listening, and catch you next week. Bye.